0: Hello, and welcome to part 2 of December the Dismember, and today I'm going to discuss the Silent Night Deadly Night movies, but I will be focusing on my favourite of the 6, Silent Night Deadly Night Part 2, the captastic sequel to the 1984 horror that came out the same week as Nightmare on Elm Street. And Fast Times of Richmond High, it sat at number one spot until the Catholic Church started picketing it, even though the reasons that they said they picketed it was that they can't have a killer Santa. The whole Santa is untouchable thing, which is utter nonsense, because the first time this was done as a killer Santa was in 1972 episode of Tales in a Crypt starring Collins. Called and all through the house. Also, in uh, 1989, Bloody Drake played a killer Santa in another Killswitch episode, and also next week's episode, Christmas Evil, 1980, has a killer Santa. So that whole "you can have a killer Santa" protest was utter null and void. But anyway, they thought that protesting this movie would kill this movie. Yeah, right. Can we see cult movie alert? <laughs> okay, I'll quickly go through part one. It's the story of Billy and Ricky. Their parents were killed on Christmas Eve by a mugger dressed as Santa which then sent the two brothers to an orphanage run by bitchy nuns and then more so than the mother superior that picks on Billy but dotes on Ricky. So much so that she spread eagle ties Billy down to a bit. And whips him when he spies on two teen sex in the nunnery and finally beats him for knocking out the Santa personator they had. Which, by the way, he's Santa because of his mother's death. Fast forward to Billy being a hunky 19 year old, that one good nun got him a job and a flat at his toy store. However, at the Christmas party, he goes nuts and kills everyone in store and then he goes on a killing spree by going off to. Team, one played by Leanna Quigley of Tanner loving Dead fame, and Dare I Say It, a B movie scream queen. Then two bullies on a sleigh, and Ellie makes his way back to the orphanage to kill the old priest and one bad cop, well, inept cop, before getting put down by the lieutenant. After facing off the Mother Superior, who is now in a wheelchair, and it's played by the pathologist for Predator 2, who bangs on and on about punishment. Naughty. He then hands his axe to young Ricky. Which brings me to Silent Night, Diddle Night, Part 2. Starring Eric at the Eyebrows Free, James Moon, Elizabeth Catiot, and the entire cast from Part 1, essentially. <laughs> well, what can I say about this cheese fest? Well, one thing is, they didn't want to spend any money and to choose to recut the first movie. I think the budget for this thing was a little under $200,000. The first 40 or so minutes is just Ricky retelling the 13th shrink about and his life story here in Escapes and that's when the fun begins. This movie was shot in just 10 days and was heavily edited by both the MPAA and the BBFC which is a British Broadcasting censorship board, although God knows why, because it is very tame even for the time. I guess the MP had a thing up their ass about Killer Santas. At the today would have a field day with today's Killer Santa movies, such as Crapmas and A Christmas Horror Story, which I highly recommend as a good time for a good bad B-movie. Starring the one and only, William Shackner. <coughs> anyway, moving on. Back to this movie. Right, okay, so another little very quick thing about this is that Eric Freeman's eyebrows got about hundred and thirty-three pounds apart. Only I think you I B G M. As Ricky talks, we see the opening scene to Part One, recut to remove the creepy granddad, which was useless in this movie anyway. One thing I wanted to know was who found Billy and Ricky at the side of the road, and why didn't the Santa Killer kill them? Mm. It then shows Billy and Ricky in the Catholic orphanage, and the cruel mother superior With the one good-hearted nun that gets Billy into more trouble and whipping when he sees two teens having sex. Yes, this is where they learn punishment and naughty. Punishment is absolute. How very Catholic is that? I mean, I love the hammy over-the-top acting Freed gives in this movie. I. Don't. Sleep. Vincent Price would have been proud. (laughs) So as Ricky gets grilled by the 13 shrink, he talks more about Billy's story and how hard he had at St Mary's. Also his sleep patterns, which is where Mother's period Eagle tied ties into the bed. Again, you just gotta love the Catholics. And yes, I was a Catholic before you jump in the bar, Megan. You're so anti-Catholic. And yes, I was thrown out of Catholic school for questioning the Bible and also for throwing up a Sunday school. Anyway, back to the movie where we see Billy meeting Santa. Then he swiftly decks and Melissa Peeta goes in for the punishment. Then it flashes forward to Billy's first job, age 18 or 19, working, as I said earlier, in the toy store where everything was faint until Christmas. And he is forced to be dressed as Santa and the Christmas party goes nuts and kills the store creep, his wannabe bent, and the rest of the staff. One thing I love about the Iris toys was of the 80s toys from the Jabba Hut Hutt playset to the He-Man and other classic gold. Billy's killings are inventive from using Christmas lights to hang someone, to a claw hammer, to the back of the head, to a toy bow and arrow. Oh, I gotta love 80s toys. Fuck safety. as if over being stupid like today's society where we have to run little deers and cotto, organic but of course, and make sure nothing upsets them, no one's feeling his hurts, and everybody It's a winner. I'm sorry, but the world does not work like that. It's tough, uncaring, mean and unfair. It's not all rainbows and lollipops and sunshine. But anyway, back to the movie, where we cut to the, teens, yes, teens, fucking on the pool table. One played by, as I said earlier, B.U.V. Scream Queen, Elena Quigley, but are quickly offed by an enraged Billy, although God knows how he knew where they, what they were doing and where they lived. Maybe they were in the toy store necking and Billy found their address in a log book. Yeah. I don't know. But the guy is thrown through a glass window and falls five foot and dies where Leanna gets impaled off reindeer antlers. I got his love inventedness. <laughs> then Billy kills two Billys with an axe, although how Ricky knew this is beyond me cause there was no high witnesses. Hmm. So Billy finally makes me way back to the orphanage and an inept cop kills an old man Kelsey, the janitor or father of brain at the original uncut version of it. Billy kills the dumb cop with an axe to the chest which loses my favourite shot of the movie, a bloody axe beheading a snowman. Sadly. Mother Superior, or Mother Superior, doesn't get her comeuppance as we see a shot in the back by a lieutenant. Okay, we'll we use the quote, you're safe, Santa is gone. So that brings us to Ricky's story. This is where the movie picks up. Also, how does a Catholic nun end up giving a kid to a Jewish family? Should it be a Catholic family or is she working for a state, not a church? Anyway, moving on. This is where we first find out Ricky has... A thing against nuns and Santa. Also, red items. Red car? Good point. Ricky's first kill is a hick rapist. He runs over with a red jeep. I love how the chick says thank you to Ricky after running him over. Okay, he's an asshole and I want to be rapist, but come on, get run over by a jeep about six or so times. Bit much. Then it cuts to 18 year old Ricky working as a busboy, but he kills a loan shark with an umbrella, glorious. Apparently this was the most cut part of the movie with the shark's liver and the blood being removed. The other thing that annoys me is why doesn't Ricky kill the guy that's getting beaten up? After all, he's wearing red trousers, but instead he goes after the lawn shark. Why? Because he's got a red tie and red hanky. Now come on, you already started fights so that he hates red, so why not go for both? Anyway, moving on. It then cuts to Ricky's girlfriend, Jennifer who he meets after she knocks him off his bike, quite literally. it's the one thing that I care about. However, she wasn't as pure as he thought, but more than one later. Which leads to the most unsexy sex scene I've ever seen filmed to movie. So to the date, it's the movie of his life on the cinema screen. With a loud mouth in the back, heckling and shouting, just like today's cinema. Don't you just hate these people? It's about this guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and kills people. What? And then we move on to Jennifer's guilty secret, her former boyfriend, Chip, who is a complete and utter douchebag, complete with blonde hair and heavily stylized 80s outfit, and Rookie gets another kill and he kills a heckler, would you just love to do that in real life? No, just me then, ah oh well. It leads to the infamous quote, uh, which is glorious for Chip gets it by getting fried off the car battery and has his eyes Popping like popcorn and then Jennifer gets a choked by the car antenna, eyebrow overacting, galore. And a hapless neighbourhood watch rent a cop gets shot in the head with his own gun. Then Rookie goes on a muck shooting some guy and then a red car, and then some guy taking out his garbage, hence garbage day. But not the little girl in the red bows in her hair. Again, why not kill her? Was it too much to kill a child? Mm. I guess it was the eighties. Anyway, I the only thing I do love about this scene is the music played over this is very Return returned loving dead. I wonder if it was a nod and a to knowing to quickly. Mm. So Ricky chokes Doctor Bloom off his real to reel tape and hunts down Mother Superior and kills her by cutting off her head, then placing it back on her body with not a drop of blood spilt on her white habit. Mm, magic then. I love how she stays at six 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 whatever street and she's living upstairs alone. I take it nobody liked the old bitch then. Ah <laughs> yes, the a new actress plays the older mother superior Is the other actress wanted to so much money to have her have reprise the role. So they kicked on shitloads of really bad old makeup to cover a fact that she's a different actress but it looks fucking ridiculous to be honest. But anyway, moving on. Got love. The Shining Nods where he smashes down not one but two oars with a fire axe and hunts her and kills her before he gets gunned down by the Lieutenant from the previous movie and that's how the movie ends. Which brings me to part three Beta Watch out Which sadly does not star Eric Freeman who went on to do gay softcore porn I shit you not but stars Chainsaw Alum, Bill Mosley as Ricky, Samantha Scully Richard Bureman, Robert Culp and a whole host of Twin Peaks alum. The story is of a comatose Ricky and blind psychic Laura and a mad doctor trying to get her to touch him mentally. It's a slow, boring movie that goes nowhere and was one of the first straight to tape movies I believe. Which brings me to part 4 initiation starring Maud Adams, Tommy Hinckley, Neith Hunter, Elise Beasley and Clint Tower as yet another Ricky. This one is about a cult of lesbian witches trying to raise Lilith, the goddess of all things that crawl and of fire. It's a bug nuts mess of a story with too many maggot for penis jokes and too many blatant lesbian cliches. And that brings us to number five, The Toy Maker, starring Mickey Ray, William Thorne, Jane Higgins, Brian Bremmer I once again Clint Howard in a blink and you'll miss it cameo as Ricky. This one is my second favourite by far of the franchise because it's so cheesy. It's about a toy maker Joe Petto, you get it, and his son Pino, hmm are trying to reference there. Trying to make the perfect robot boy. It also has killer toys rated of puppet master, sort of. It's a good solid good bad B-movie but I wouldn't go in my way to watch it. As it is a bit silly in the middle with rocket propelled roller skates and killer slug things and hands that like stick up your arse, and shit like that, you know. Everyone. So this brings me to 2012 remake starring Jim King, Malcolm McDowell, Donald Log, Ellen Wong, and Brendan Freyer. This one is basically the greatest hits of all the movies, but just modernised. It's about a detty played by King, and a Santa killer killing naughty people in ingenious ways, such as a cattle prod to the chest, wood chippers, and foil throwers. All in all, it's a bad, bad movie. Um, instead of a good bad movie, <laughs> which has some kills and effect, but it's just another boring, stale, horrid remake. So that wraps up my reviews, and overall the Seven Night franchise is pretty bad, with some great kills and some hammy acting, I give it overall a 5 out of 10. So don't forget to follow me um, on at Here's Johnny's Podcast, and email me suggestions at Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Next week is the weird 1980 Killer Santa movie, Christmas Evil, so don't be naughty, and tune in. Bye!